Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. In this week's episode, we are going to be diving into one of the newer CGE games, Starship Captains, and then we're going to be looking at a game that probably no one has heard of, which is Dinner in Paris. Yeah. And then pretty accurate. Yeah, it's a, a hidden gem. We'll see. And then <laughs> in the discussion topic, we are actually going to be doing a top five list. And it's going to be top five popular games that we just don't care for. So it's going to be like highly rated games or very popular games that we just don't seem to like for oh, whatever oh. reason. Oh, I say it's games we actively dislike. Uh, I have a hard time doing that. You had a hard time doing that? Maybe I'm just like super offended that like people like them so much because I just don't get it. Maybe that's why they're like, I think if people didn't like them so much, I'd be like games I just don't love. But these ones, because people love them so much, I'm like, no, <laughs> these games are offensive. <laughs> they are dumb. They're stupid. We don't want, we don't want it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't approach it that way. I, I basically started looking at the board game geeks, like top rated games. And I started looking at games that I just, I've played a, I have had to play it and B, I just don't, I didn't care for my experience, whatever it happens to be. Or I'm just like, ugh. especially there's one game on here that I'm like, eh, it's fine, but it's so highly rated that I feel like it needs to be on this list because like it is adored by so many. And I'm just like, eh, whatever. It's a game. Yeah. I'm like, I typically like games that are really popular, you know, so like I get personally offended, like if people love a game and I don't now, granted, it's got to be a game I think I'm going to like, like I didn't include Star Wars Art of Rim because I knew I wasn't going to like it. If I played Gloomhaven, it would probably end up like I still wouldn't put it on this list because it's not my style of game. I kn- I would know going into it that I wouldn't like it anyways. That's so, fair. You know, I, I limited to games that these are games that I should like. And that's why because I don't like them, I'm personally offended that people love them so much. Jeez. They you go from me. like, you're like, you either don't care or you care so much. It's like this like weird spectrum of uh of natashaness that like uh-huh. it's either a zero or it's a hundred either you're like nah, i don't whatever i don't care or you're just so offended that people like something it's this weird this weird like spectrum I'm of to, like, like things i'm neutral to things that i don't love like i know i'm not gonna like like i didn't put spirit island on there because i know it's a cooperative style game that i'm not into you know like plus it's good it's a good game and it shouldn't I be on your see list that i can see how good it is despite me not liking that style of game yeah there is uh looking at my list there's one game in particular that i have on here that is iffy as to whether or not i should have liked it based on just based on everything i probably should have liked it but the style of game is kind of yeah you know but we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that that's in this. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, I think maybe I'm just a little feisty today. Uh, what look- happened to get you all riled up? What'd you do? I heard this story. I'm so excited that you're about to tell this story. Oh my god! I tell them. Tell them what happened. Just, it's not that interesting. It's just really dumb. Like just a dumb thing for me to do. My son was telling me about this new website you can buy tickets from. Like his YouTuber was advertising it. So, so he's like, "Hi, you can get Book of Mormon. Um, you know, way cheaper than ticket." Ticketmaster, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And so I was looking, and sure enough, I found him. I found tickets to Book of Mormon for like a hundred dollars a piece, decent like um, orchestra or like right in the like the side fronts that I like to sit in. So I don't like to sit way in the back. Um, and so my kids had never seen it. It's you know it's definitely adult themed. So but I th- thought they're old enough to go see him. So I 
I was like, sure, I'll I'll get them. I found I was looking at the tickets, comparing Ticketmaster. I could see they were like the reason they were at, they were so cheap. So I thought was because um, they were like single seats. You know, I couldn't get any two together. So my kids were fine with that. We'd all sit apart. That'd be cool because you know I'd save like you know eighty bucks on each ticket. And so I bought the tickets, and then I Google like how to get to the theater, the venue, <laughs> and it's in New York City. I'm like, oh my gosh. I bought tickets to New York City. I thought I was buying them to Detroit because Detroit has the Book of Mormon coming this weekend. Oh, I was so upset. And they're non-refundable. But I called the place I got them for. I said, hey, I bought. I just bought these. I just need to cancel my order. I bought the wrong venue. And the he, the guy I talked to, he gave, yeah, I gave him my phone number. He's like, oh, that's Grand Rapids phone number. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. Because I, I was like, you, you used to live in Grand Rapids? And he's like, yeah, I used to live over by there. Now I live in Detroit. And I was like, yeah, that's where I was trying to go. You see, it'd be a lot easier for me to go to Detroit than New York. He's like, yeah. So we called the venue and got the tickets uh, refunded for me. And so I feel better about it now. But I'm still like, I just I just get so worked up when I make stupid mistakes like that. Did you not check what venue it was? Did you did you not it have an option? On there, to- it said on there the venue, but I didn't know the venue name for Detroit. So I, there was a lot of red flags. Like there was a lot of stuff steps in this process that i could have caught that it was the wrong venue and i didn't were you huh. were your kids bugging you at the time like did you have a distraction going on behind oh, you that no, like no it was fine it was it was just you know i've done this this is not the first time i've done something like this one time i was going on a work trip and all my colleagues they that i was going with they were going to stay at this hotel so like okay we're staying at this hotel and i was like cool so i booked it at that hotel and we were there, and I was like, okay, I'll meet you in the lobby. And I go down the lobby, and I'm like, I can't find you. Where are you? They're like, well, I'm here. And I look for they're not there. I was like, I was in that hotel, like the same chain, like but across town. <laughs> nice. So, That's so well done. How did they, you, like... They're like, we sent you the address. I was like, yeah, but when I booked it, I booked it through the site, and like this only this one came up so i didn't bother checking the address it was in the town it had the correct it was the correct name of the chain um and the reason why i didn't come up was because they had it had booked up but if i had i known that i would have booked the hotel closer to them i booked it like 20 minutes away stupid (laughs) that's that's so awesome so i thought okay that's okay i learned from my mistake won't do that again then i did something similar uh those are the worst when you do something like that and you just have this like dumb moment where you're like, I am smarter than this. Mm-hmm. That is the problem that I think pe- people run into is when they do something like that. They're like, I'm above this kind of stupidity. Like this is below like my intelligence level, but I still somehow did it. <laughs> you can't get older. That's what, it, that's what yeah. it is. But luckily he took care of me and I appreciate that. Um, and I always call, like, even if they're like, it's not refund, we always call and ask because the worst case, they'll say no. And, and I'd be booking a flight to New York so I could go with see your them kids. <laughs> I, would spend, I would spend like a thousand dollars just so I could have saved $80 a ticket. Man, that sounds that is like that is like the most cheapest, uh, like the the cheap idea. I, I, it's like when somebody comes back from a shopping trip and they're like, this was 90% off. I had to buy it. No, you didn't. You didn't have to buy it, but it was 90% off. Like I just could not, it did. I, 
it it didn't make sense for me not to buy it. Yeah, it did. How much did you spend on it? Well, I only spent $5 on it. Regardless that you spent $5 on it, you didn't yeah. need to you didn't need to do that. Man. $5 <laughs> is still more than nothing, nothing, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if yeah, I think I would have had to just I you could try to resell them, so that would have been my option as I would have tried to resell them. But. It's practically free. But it's not, right? <laughs> like, it's not, okay? Yeah, anyways. <laughs> Let's get uh, into some reviews, huh? Yeah. All right. Starship Captains. This is designed by Peter Hofgard. Um, the art in it, there's quite a few different artists. I'm not going to list them off. It's published by CGE Games. It's kind of a worker placement game, but not really more kind of action selection. I don't know. I'll talk about it, and we can kind of decide what style of game it fits into. It's set in space. Uh, we're all playing as captains of a star cruiser leading a crew through space trying to collect the most points. And most of your points are going to come from completing missions and moving up the three faction tracks. So your starting crew consists of three specialized cadets and an ensign. The red cadet can move the ship around to different planets. The yellow can fight the pirates. And the blue can collect new tech cards. And then the ensign can only repair damage. Once you reach a planet, you can use your crew to complete a mission. Each mission requires two to three crew members, and if you send out the matching colored ones, then you get a small bonus as well. Throughout the game, you'll earn medals that let you that you can then spend to train your crew, and eventually, essentially, you you just swap colors out. So you turn your blue crewman into a yellow crewman, or your yellow into a red. However, you want to do it, or you can promote them to commander, and then they can do double of any action. When you fight pirates, you can also earn bonus bonuses like cargo. If you have two cargo, you can spend them to take an extra action as if it were a crew member. So the game is played over four rounds. Each round is played until everyone run, runs, out of a, runs out of crew members. What makes this game cute is that every time you use a crew member, it goes into a queue in your ship. And then at the end of the round, you slide all of your crew down until you have only three members in this queue and the rest are in your ready room available. For the next round and it's just kind of fun to like push them all along and push them into your ready room i think that's the funnest part of the game <laughs> wow that's gonna be a glowing review from you yeah that it is awfully satisfying to like take your crew and just like push them along this like curved track and they just kind of like whoop, right into your ready room yeah no it's really yeah. fun yeah it's cute i like uh the art in the game is really cute it's very star trek it's very based on star trek it doesn't say it anywhere in there but it's it's 100 star trek crew is what you're doing. You've got this little ship that you're moving around the board. The artwork on the cards is really cute. It's very cutesy. The whole thing is very cutesy. I, I like the overall look and aesthetic of it. I really do. I I enjoy the artwork on the cards. I enjoy the artwork on your ships and on the tech cards that you can you can acquire during the game. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is a hundred percent based on Star Trek. It does it's Starship Captains, but it might as well say Star Trek the game. It's even like the little ships look like the Enterprise. Yep. It looks exactly like that. Each color kind of represents what the colors in uh, Star Trek is. Like red is, you know, commanders. You know, yellow tends to be combat oriented or military. The like security officers. Blue Mm -hmm. is the science officers. So they're doing like the tech stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely based on that. Overall, I think... It's very simple. It feels like a very uh, family-friendly game. It doesn't feel like there's a whole bunch of strategy. You're limited on what you can do based on the crew that you have in your ready room. Um, you're going to earn earn more crew throughout the game. Each round, you're going to get another ensign. 
that you can then train to be specific. Um, but overall, I feel like it's it's you just kind of go around the board and you try to complete missions. Missions let you move up those tracks. They'll score you points. They give you a few other bonuses. I mean, it, it just didn't, to me, it just didn't have that many interesting choices. It Overall, I thought it was very, a very complicated game for how simple it was. Like, I could probably teach this to my son and it'd be fine, but it's definitely not like a simple, straightforward, streamlined game that matches the complexity of it, which is simple. It should, you know, it should be. You know, considering it's a CGE game, my expectation going into it that it would be heavier than it was. It is definitely a much lighter game. I think there are some good decisions in it. It's not like every turn that you have, you're you're making these critical choices to advance your gameplay. Sometimes it's just as simple as I'm going to move my ship to claim this uh, this mission card, so I'm going to be the first one to get it. Maybe it's going to be something as simple as that. You are acquiring things through the game. The part that I like is... You can start creating these little like little tiny combos and they're not gigantic, but let's say you use your blue uh, ensign to grab a tech card and then what happens when you apply the tech card to your tech board is you can match symbols and if you match the symbol you get to do that action. So maybe so now you're using your blue ensign to get a card which allows you to do an additional action which puts you on that mission card that you really want to try to complete or maybe it allows you to you know, gain a medal, which now you can upgrade one of your ensigns into a commander. And now that commander can do a couple things when you complete that mission. So there's like these little tiny combos that you're trying to put together to try to eke out points. Mm -hmm. I do think there's some, some good choices in the game, but yes, it's, it's a much lighter game than I had originally anticipated it would be, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's I don't know, bad by any means. I actually enjoyed it a decent amount. My One of my biggest complaints about the game, if I had to give you my biggest complaint, is I wish the game was longer. Yeah, it does feel shorter. Yeah, it, and that's what I mean by like choices. It just doesn't feel like my choices are that meaningful. I can do a few things. Maybe I'm not good at geeking out those like maximizing my turn that well, but I did fine. Um, I thought I did better the second time around. But, okay, I did better. That's cool. I improved. But I ended up with a lower score, so it really wasn't better. (laughs) To me, it was just completely fine game. Like, there was nothing wrong with it. I loved the theme. I loved the artwork. I thought it was super cutesy. I just thought it was just too complicated. It's hard for me to recommend it for anybody. Who's going to love this game? People who are super into Star Trek, I think, would be. People who like light games based on the theme and don't really care how tricky it is to learn and are fine with it not being very in-depth the strategy like i just don't feel like there's a lot of strategy with it i think this game is for casual gamers who are playing welcoming games plus i think that's who this game is for it's not quite simple enough for i would say a true welcoming game although it'll teeter on the edge i think I think depending on the the group of players that you have or the people that you're inviting over, judging, you know, based on, you know, certain correct, I think this could be a decent, you know, welcoming game, especially if you have a ton of people who are into Star Trek, grew up watching the next generation. Yep, like if you I, want, you know, like those people will like this game. But yeah, it is definitely not a heavy decision-based game. So that... 
I think yeah. it could be a fun family game for yeah. for families that play a lot of board games, you know, because so, it, it wouldn't be a good kids game. I would say like 10 plus probably and and probably only 10 if your kid has played a lot of games, you know, and can catch on to the, you know, the different because people can do different things. And there's just a lot. Of, there's a lot of little fiddly rules in the game. Yeah, there are a couple things because when you get those artifacts um, that are your cargo, you can use those to take additional actions, which I think is cool, but you're mm-hmm. drawing them randomly. So it's not necessarily like you can know, okay, if I defeat this pirate, I'm going to get this specific artifact, which is going to give me, because you have to combine two artifacts in order to take a take an additional action, and they have two colors on them, so yellow, blue, or red. But like once you get those, like you can put them together and then you know take actions. But you, it's not like you know what you're gonna get. You draw it randomly. So maybe you're like, all right, I really want to move. I just need another, you know, another one of those tiles that has red on it. But you draw mm-hmm. one that has yellow, blue. Then you don't have it. But maybe you can take a blue action, get another card, that type of thing. My, like I said, my biggest, if I had to complain about the game, because I, I like the game. The game was fun. The issue I'm going to have is like how how often am I going to come back to it? That yeah. is my issue. And part of my biggest thing is the overall length of the game was shorter than I wanted. You play four rounds and it feels like by the time you get to round four, you should be like towards the end of this big escalation. And it feels like you're just get, like, you know, you're just getting to the top of the hill. You know, you don't have those extra two rounds where or an extra round or two where you just have a bunch of time to like, I built all this stuff up. Now I have all these commanders and everything and I can do so much. And like now I can take some really big, meaningful. Yeah. You don't get that in this game, which I think that's the tough part for me. Yeah, I 100 percent felt that. I was like, cool. I've done some cool things this round. I'm excited for next round. I've got to, you know, I've got to come My commanders coming down the pipe. You know, there's some choices where. It's interesting because the only the last three don't come into your ready room. So you kind of want to set yourself up in a way that you can get the good ones to come out first. But you can't really because you need to do them in a certain order. So you don't have... So there's... A, it seems cool where you can set yourself up to have them come out in the order you want. But you really can't. You don't have a lot of choices. But I definitely felt that at the last game we played. Um, I was like, okay, cool. I'm ready for the next round. And you're like, okay, that's it. And I was like, oh. Like it 100% cut me off at my knees. Like I thought we had another round. And we didn't. And so I think one more round would have maybe felt more satisfying. I agree. I think if we at least one more round would have would have, I think, hit that sweet spot. So it's kind of in a lot of ways like Everdell, you start off and you're only doing like you only do a couple things. So you wonder, like, how am I going to accomplish so much? And it has this nice buildup. So by the time you get to the end, you have all these things that you're doing and it feels very satisfying. In this game, you don't get that. You like you're building up, you're building up. You're like, all right, sweet. I'm ready to have like a big round, and then the game's done. And you score your scoring points. That yeah. that is that is a tough. That is tough. That is that is the bummer of it. What um? So what are you gonna rate it? I'm coming in at a six. I still appreciated the game. I didn't mind playing it. You know, if I had somebody who really wanted to play it, I would. If I had like, if my kids were super into Star Trek and, and really wanted to play it, I would totally play it with them. I won't be picking it up because I don't think they'll they'll be into it or anything. But I I still think it's a it's a it's a good game. You know, it's just not it, to me. It just doesn't have a lot of meaningful decisions and strategy. So I'm that's why I'm coming in at six. Yeah, I'm gonna come in at a seven. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun game. I had fun playing it, despite Natasha complaining the whole time uh, we were playing it. 
been playing the whole time. Uh, okay, like eighty percent, whatever, no big deal. Um, <laughs> it's not true. Uh, you did you did some complaining during game. That's fine. I enjoyed it, but the thing is, I keep thinking, am I going to keep this game? Is this game going to stay in my collection? And I and I think about that more and more lately with just the sheer amount of room that I have. You know, I have a set amount of space. I can't say that I'm going to keep this game. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to. But if I was at like a convention or something, and somebody's like, "Hey, you want to play this game?" Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll play it. Whatever. No big deal. It's not like I'm going in there like, yes, I'm expecting this like super crunchy euro. It's going to be one of those games you just kind of sit down and play. And again, if you like that Star Trek theme, I think this, you know, that definitely is going to, you know, this game can work with that theme. This game yeah. works with that theme. The yeah. theme, the theme is great. Yes. That's, that is a shining point. Agreed. All right. That's Starship Captains. All right. Next up, we want to talk about Dinner in Paris. This is a territory building game designed by the Trolls, art by Alan Boyer and published by Funny Fox. In this game, players are restaurant owners in Paris, building new restaurants and using those restaurants to expand their terraces. This game is going to be played until one of three endgame triggers occurs. On a player's turn, they will perform two phases. The first being draw a resource card, so they will have an open market of various culinary resources, like potatoes, flour, cheese, and even some coins. They either take one of the face-up cards from the row, or they can draw one from the deck and they add it to their hand. In the second phase, players must choose two of the following actions. The first being draw another resource card, which is the same as in the first phase of the game. The second action is to open a restaurant. To open a restaurant, players must discard the required resource cards and then build a corresponding building along the outside edge of the main board. You never build on the interior board, only on the outside. There are several building types which will provide you with both income and victory points. The bigger the restaurant, the more points and income you get. The third action is build terraces. Of all the other actions can be taken twice in a turn, but this is the only action you can only do once. Players will be taking square square terrace tiles from their player board and expanding them onto the main board. You can only build out from the restaurants you own, and each tile will have a cost. This is where your income comes into play. You do not have actual coins, but rather an income track, and you can spend up to your level on that track and any resource cards that you have with coins on them. Once you have spent all you can or want, It basically resets each turn. Expanding your terraces will do a few things. It will give you victory points, additional income, access to pigeon cards, which give players a bonus during the game, and most importantly, it can block other players. So this is very much a cutthroat part of the game. You cannot place them orthogonally adjacent to other buildings, other building terraces. How you build your network will also come into play in the next action, which is completing an objective. This could be either a public one or a private one, but it will have a condition that you have to meet. For example, it could have a specific pattern for your terraces, or you're having to have a very specific number in a quadrant for the board. This play will continue until a certain number of restaurants are built based on player count. One player has built uh, every terrace from two restaurant rows, or players no longer have space to build restaurants. You count up how many points you've scored from your restaurants and terraces you built, as well as any of the objectives you have completed, and how you rank in three majorities that are determined at the beginning part of the game. And then whoever has the most points wins. I think what makes this game interesting is the decisions you make. I think this game has more depth than at first glance. What's an interesting decision that you're making? Where to to put your terraces? Yeah, where you're building your terraces, what buildings you're trying to put out on the board. Hold on. 
the decision of what, what buildings to build is is decided for you based on the cards you have. You can only build buildings of the if you have the food cards that match it. So that to me is not an interesting decision unless you're like I'm going to decide to hold on to these cards to build something different. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you have a specific cards and you can build a specific building, but you just want to work up to one of the better ones. Sure. That's a decision you can make once in the game. Maybe maybe twice if you're only going to build the big buildings. But the dis- the decision about where to put your terrace, I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? You're based on your goals you have in your hand or the public goals. You may decide to build what terrace you're going to build if you're going to build it in front of your potato, your fries shop because those are cheaper or or the other shop because those are more expensive. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm struggling with the the interesting decisions here. Okay, why don't you tell me how you feel about this game? Like <laughs> really, go for it. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you the things that I liked about the game. Sure. Yeah, let's go for it. I you okay, when we first of all, when we played this game, I knew you wouldn't like it, but I also don't think there's no decisions. Uh my wife and I have played this several times and there's very interesting key decisions we have to make as to where we're placing our buildings with written okay, by each other and okay, how we're building okay. our terraces based on how much income on base hold on hold on hold on hold on and based on how much income because sometimes you want to like move up the specific thing so you can start building out and blocking that person from getting these specific objective cards or maybe you're going for these certain majorities so you want to try to get there first but then people are going to be like blocking you you have only so many tiles based on the buildings that you put out I think there's a lot more choices than you you might see okay. with one play. I don't disagree with that. I think there are a lot of decisions to be made. I just don't think they're interesting decisions. Although very clear, it was very clearly that very clear I made the wrong decisions because I think our score was like I had like 58 points and Bob had like 170 something. So very clearly the decisions I made were the bad decisions. I get that. Like there were decisions I could have done things very differently in that matter in this game. Okay. But anyways, let me let me start off with the things that I like. The The box is really beautiful. It's got gorgeous artwork in it on the box. It's got gorgeous artwork on the box. And then the board has the artwork around the outside of the board is really pretty. Um, it's got yeah. these really nice resource, uh, really nice recessed player boards where you put all your terraces in. And then I love the cube that keeps track of your money. I like games that you don't actually have to like grab coins and put them back. You can kind of keep track of it. I like that your money resets every time. So it just makes more sense that it, with a cube instead of a bunch of coins. Those are the things I liked about the game. The components, however, were garbage components. Like the cards were paper cards, like thick paper cards. Um, I didn't like the the buildings were like kind of nice, but they were big and ended up blocking everything. So like they ended up not being very nice. And the terraces that you put out were like cardboard chits, like really thin cardboard chits. So those were garbage. Um, I don't understand. And they look like little envelopes. I don't really understand what they were supposed to be like a piece of stone. I mean, in, in Paris, like all of the little restaurants have outdoor seating area, and you're so that was kind of cute. You know that that they brought that into the game. Um, but the way you build the buildings, you build them around, and, and you can only build buildings on the outer edge of the board. And so these giant buildings that block what you can see, and then you kind of build your terraces in. But and a lot of the um, cards, the scoring cards, the objective cards that you got were like make your terrace into this certain shape. Like a, it was like a picture of this shape, like you make it into a cross, or making the shape. That's super cool. Like that's interesting. And easy to do because you could really do that anywhere. And that would kind of kind of like, okay, do you go against with that goal or do you go against this other goal? Try to get this public goal. Like that's a 
interesting decision that you could make. But the objective cards that I got were like totally different. I don't know. And maybe I know I just did bad because I didn't see how the I didn't I was confused at the beginning of the game how to play and then by the time I caught on it just kinda ended to I was really far behind with my income and all that stuff. So I'm sure if I did played it again I'd be better at it. But I just didn't feel like it was that interesting to make me want to play again. So tell us why it's why it's interesting. <laughs> Man. It uh this game I think so I'm gonna the components. I want. I want to first. I want to talk about the components. I really like the artwork. The artwork in it is very good. The terrace tiles don't look like envelopes because they have little squares in the center. They look like like some sort of tile that you would put in your bathroom or something. So I disagree that they look like envelopes. But uh, as far as everything else, the card quality does suck. The card quality is not great. Man, we I've played that game probably. My wife and I have probably played that game like five or six times, and then playing it with you. And the cards can already show a bunch of wear. They're already mm-hmm. starting to warp and everything like that. It's a bummer. Those cards are awful. The buildings are actually cool. They're like plastic pieces. And I think that's where they spent most of their money on the components was those buildings. And you set them around the outside of your board. But it's gotten to the point where my wife and I, we don't even use those buildings anymore. We just put our like the name of our restaurant or the type of restaurant on the outside of the board. Uh, because we'll have a difficult time seeing over so yeah so it gets in the way of the game which sucks because it's actually a really cool component as far as the it's like the only nice component in the game besides the artwork so that is a total bummer that you don't use it yeah the the nicest thing in there uh the recess player boards i think are cool i do like the money the money track you get two cubes one to keep track of how much you've spent and then you can uh keep track of you know how how much income you get turn to turn Aside from that, I do think there's decisions. I do think there's interesting decisions. Having played it enough times, that's where I think at first glance, you don't see it. Uh, Because I remember playing it, I was like, hmm, I wonder. But the reason why I actually bought the game is because my wife loves France and she loves Paris. So if a game has Paris in it, I'm probably going to grab it just because I know she's probably going to like it. Mm -hmm. Um, She likes that kind of sort of thing. Cool, whatever. So when I got it- She also likes mean games. So it works out for her. Uh, this can be a mean game. Yeah, it's certainly oh, it is can. a mean game. But that doesn't bother me about it. What's funny is her and I were talking and I was just like, yeah, you know, it can be kind of mean. She's like, I don't think it can be mean. I was like, mm, it is, though. It is, though, because like you're positioning your buildings in such a way that sometimes you're positioning them like I strategically started. OK, I see Natasha's doing this thing over here, but she hasn't built anything yet. OK, do I have enough to build a building? Yes, I have enough to build this, but I already have this building over here and it's really easy to build, but I'm running out low on terraces on that building column. So maybe I wait to see what comes up if I can acquire something that will allow me to build the building I want and I can start drawing new terraces from that specific building. All right, sweet. So I set it there. Now I'm going to try my best to try to like cut her off, but you have to be cognizant because there's pigeon cards, which we haven't talked about yet. That allow you to like build on top of other ones. Otherwise, you can like you can they can never touch. Then the mm-hmm. uh, specific pigeon card allows you to break that rule. Okay, so now I'm going to move over there so that I can start trying to block her or try to like create a situation where she's running low on terraces so she can't necessarily get to the specific objective. That sort of thing. Doing those specific patterns are not necessarily always beneficial to you because you're wasting your terraces. If let's say one of the objectives, majority objectives, which was in our game, was 
have as many have as the most terraces around the fountain which is in the center of the board building different shapes prevents you from having additional ones to like encompass that thing and i that's what ended up happening to me that said i mean i won that majority but part of it is you guys weren't pushing towards it but it got to the point where i couldn't add anything more to it because i had wasted it building these patterns but you already had the majority so you it would have you wouldn't have needed to that's because of how you guys played though it's not like at that yeah. point, though, you're halfway around it. Even if one of us had done half, the other half, it would have been. I think you still would have had it. So there's no need for you to continue working around the fountain. I think the strategy of the game is to get your income up as fast as you can, so that way you can put as many terraces out on the board as you can. That's how you're going to win the game. And to me, that's just okay. How you do it? You've got a few choices. You can save up your cards to build a better building, but it's going to get you more income early on. You know, or you can get buildings out right away so you can get terraces out, which then help you get income, more terraces, more income you have. That can get you income. And that's really the the thing of the game is get your income up high enough, get your terraces out, and then decide how you're going to place them. But, I mean, you if you get cut off, you just go a different way or whatever. You just want to try to be the first to get to those objectives and those pigeon cards because those are helpful. Yeah, the pigeon cards are pretty interesting. Some of them will give you like quick bonuses some of them will give you additional like coins to spend on specific you know turns they'll allow you to break the rules in some way so they do some interesting stuff and like when when you cover up a pigeon space you grab the pigeon card and you basically play it whenever whenever you deem worthy to play the card i don't know i think there's more decisions in this game than meets the eye my wife and i have played a ton and it it comes down to it in both in every time we play so I think there's there's more decisions than what one play suggests from the game. But it's also like the components suck. Let's go into ratings then cuz that that unfortunately my ratings are going to be based on some component stuff. But what are you going to rate the game? I'm rating it a 5. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds about right from you. I would play it again if you really wanted me to. You know, if I was over at your house and Ashley wanted to play it, I'd play it again. You know, I'd certainly give it a try. Okay, can I do better? I could probably do better. So that would, would challenge me to play it again. But beyond that, like, I don't, it doesn't, like, I don't want to actually play it again. You know what I mean? Like, nothing to me calling me to play it again. But I would, like, I would happily play it again. It'd be fine. Yeah, I, I did. This wasn't the type of game I think you would like. And part of the only real reason why I had you play it is so you and I could talk about it. Because I knew you weren't going to specifically like certain parts of the game. What's funny is we were playing and you were like, did you think I was going to like this? I'm like, eh, not really. And you, c- clearly you did not, you know. <laughs> I just want to know what you thought of me. Like, Does Bob yeah. just not know me at all? Because he's like, I really want you to play this game. No, 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 no. I knew you weren't going to like it. I'm going to, so I'm, my rating, I'm going to come in at a seven. I'm keeping the game mostly because it's a Paris themed game and my wife likes it. So it's one of those games that my wife really seems to enjoy because of probably that cutthroat nature. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately... I would rate it higher if the component quality was better, I think. If overall the the components functioned better, i.e. the buildings were a little bit better, when I put them in my recessed game, ta- game table, then it's fine. You can see across those buildings. But if it's flat, it, it makes it difficult to see over those, those lips of the, of the buildings, which sucks. Uh, the card quality... I'm probably going to sleeve it because it has to be not because I want to save like the cards, but because it's just getting to that point where 
like you get a stack of cards and you can see certain cards are bent certain ways. Like you keep them in your hand, they're just going to start degrading over the course of time, which really sucks. The recess player boards are cool. I like those. The artwork is cool. Yeah. But it's got some really nice parts to it. I, yeah. I just don't know why the components are garbage. Yeah. It's, I think, like I said, they spent all their money on those buildings, which is a cool feature. And I liked them at first, but it got to the point, like I said, where we just kind of, we don't use them that much. And you still have to have them out because you're lim- you're limited. Like there's only so many buildings. So you have to like kind of keep track of, use the buildings to keep track of what's available left. You know, if you're not using them, you still have to like kind of set yeah, Not necessarily inside. because on the, on your player board, it lists how many of each building is in the game. So as long as you keep track of how many of those buildings have been built. Okay. But then you have to count. Uh, to me, I'd rather like take a stack of the buildings that are available. And as I build them, move them out of that stack so I can s- easily see what's, what's left that I can build. Yeah. Cause counting, yeah. Counting, counting's hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to so pause who, what I'm doing to have to count. That's <laughs> dumb. Maybe you should should have paused more in the game. You could have done a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was mean. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think anything could have saved me in that game. No, I'm sure if I played it again, I'd do better and I'd be fine. Yeah, but. yeah. I didn't think. I I'm surprised I got honestly the one play out of you. And again, you complain most of the time. So there you go. There you have it. Um. <laughs> so who's who's this game for? I think if you like, I don't know if you like those kind of cutthroaty cut people off expand your little network out on the board kind of games you might actually like this one i think it's actually pretty pretty decent for what it is um and again i do like I do... that it was simple turns yes i do like that you always draw a card and you get two actions so you can draw another card or you can build a building or you can put out terraces simple straightforward easy to teach yeah it's it's not that complicated to play most of it's just like the decisions in game and again I've said it. I've already said it a couple times. I think it has more decisions than a one play really can give it. Uh, one play would really show. Sure, at least in I, my opinion. I think I don't doubt that it has decisions and that I could have made better decisions. I just don't think that they're interesting decisions. That's my complaint. Oh, for okay. I guess I can see how you wouldn't think they're interesting. Yeah, sure. So there you go. Yeah. So that is Dinner in Paris, a game no one's ever heard of. Because yeah. people no one, yeah, no one's ever heard of it. Huh. No, I didn't either. <laughs> but now you do. You and can now just you ignore do. it if you if you want. That's fine. There you go. Based on the reviews, if you're if you're like Natasha and you don't like that kind of stuff, cutthroat games, probably not the game for you. Anywho, we are since we're in a, both in a negative mood, we are going to take a quick break. And when we <laughs> such a negative show, oh, I know man. we're the worst. Like, why does this anyone the listen? Worst. You should not listen to this episode. <laughs> it's only going to get downhill from here. We're just going oh, di- to diss on games for the rest of the... Why oh, do we goodness. even like bar games? They're garbage. Like, why even... Why do we have a podcast and we're talking about games? Because we're just... All we're going to do is be negative this episode. We're the... Like, ugh, this game... This hobby is stupid. We should have at least <laughs> reviewed a game we really liked to balance out. All right. So, with, the, with all this negativity, we're going to take a quick break. And when and we come, come back, back to more, <laughs> come back to games we don't like. <laughs> we'll see you after the popular break. games we don't like. It's not yeah, just popular, yeah, popular like. games that we just don't care for. Welcome back. We are now going to be getting into our top five popular games 
that we just don't like. So we're going to keep on the negativity train. We. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, bummer. This topic is somewhat inspired by a, a friend we met on the Dice Tower cruise. His name is John, and he proclaimed his detest for Ticket to Ride with such exuberance that... <laughs> we I, had almost <laughs> thrown off the boat. <laughs> he, like, Who uh, doesn't like Ticket to Ride? Everybody loves Ticket to Ride. He's like, it's awful. He's Oh, man. He was... he was oh, The things he would say about Ticket to Ride. So we it, it got it got Natasha and I thinking like so what are some popular games that we just don't care for or we don't like and my list is not nearly as negative as Natasha's list it's for me it's games that I just like people really love that I'm just like yeah I mean I didn't I didn't care for it I think that's fair to say that my list like all the games on my list are completely fine none of them are terrible games but they're like super highly rated and I should like them. And I just think that they're not good. Well, you said loathe, I think, at the start of this episode. I'm, I'm offended. Yeah, offended. By them. Yeah. You're offended they're, that people like offensive them. Offensive because why don't why do people like them so much when they're my style of game and I don't like them? I don't don't I don't get it. The, the whole thing is offensive to me. Like it just turns <laughs> me off. Like what? <laughs> but like like I think if I didn't think I was gonna like it, I would land on oh this game is fine i'm rating most of these games like a five or a six like they're completely fine games so it it is interesting because we you we did bring up talking about how like we you said we should re- we should have reviewed a game we liked i was actually i gave both games a seven so i didn't hate both of those games i thought both of those games were actually pretty decent i'm just saying i'm the positive one in this episode you're it's the negative me. one it's me so I had a bad day and it's rubbing off. I'm going to rub it off on all of you guys. Listen, Natasha, it ain't me. It's you. It's not. It's... I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's, you need to improve your attitude towards some of these games, Natasha. Oh, man. Well, well let's, you know what? Let's just get into it. Um, okay. How did you come up with your top five? I looked at Board Game Geek and the highest rated game was that I didn't like was my number one. And then as I went down, obviously. I have mine in order of how much I dislike the game. Which is like, it's almost always the exact opposite for you and I, I feel like. I feel like normally I'm the one like, eh, yeah, and then you go based on those. But yeah, for me, you know, based on the top 100, where it sits on the top 100, that's where it's on my list. It, I think mine is like compared to how much I should like it and then also how bad it is. Um, and then I did, I had a few in mind and then I went down like the board game geek list and I got, got a couple more from there and I picked out, you know, I think the ones I added to it were like in the top 100 and they were games, like I said, that I went into expecting to like, they were my style of games, like everything about them screamed that I would like them. You, you, I don't think you're gonna have any surprises in here. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, let's just get into it. What is your number five? No surprise here. It is Teotihuacan, City of Gods. Look at that. I've been practicing in my head. Have you really? Oh, look at you. (laughs) I have it written down so I can see it. This game I should like. Like, everything about it. This is my style of game. I like this weight-up game. I like that you build things. You move around the board. I find the game incredibly fiddly, 
And just I just struggled immensely with this game. And, and most of it was just how fiddly and how long the turns took. Like everyone's turns just took forever because they had so much stuff to do. But it wasn't fun stuff to do on your turn. It was just like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm five minutes doing this thing that's not very fun. I don't understand how you don't like this game. It makes zero sense to me. This is like, you should like this game. I should. You should like, I don't, something ain't right with you. It's, it. It, the, the turns take so long. It's so much fiddling around. It's so many pieces that you're just moving stuff around. And it's what you're doing isn't fun. And you end up like, I just end up at the end of the game like, oh, I didn't need to do anything I wanted to do. Or maybe I shouldn't say I didn't do anything. I didn't need to finish how I wanted to finish. Ugh. That was not fun. It was uh, exhausting. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm one of the people that likes the game. So. Yeah. What are you going to do? Be be personally offended. Like, why Why did you make this game that everyone loves and I don't? Like, ugh, so disappointing. Yeah. But I don't love me, it. What's the name of the game that you're... Teotihuacan? <laughs> City of Gods. My number five. All right. My number five is uh, ranked 135 on Board Game Geek, and that is Alchemists. <gasps> I... Offensive. This is such er- a good game. Although it's not, it's, not, it's not flawless. I will say it's not flawless. Okay, but this is a game you wouldn't expect to like because you don't like deduction games. So of course you're not going to like it. Can Would you allow me to speak on behalf of the game that I've put on my list? <sighs> you know you, Please, I gave you, I gave you an opportunity to speak about Teotihuacan. All right, fine. So this is one of those games that, yes, it, it in the beginning I said there's one game that I probably shouldn't necessarily like and that is this is that game because it is a deduction style game but aside from that how heavy and how like euro mechanically it's it should be it should be a game that i at least enjoy and i got done with it as i like yep i don't need to ever play that again you do like tight euro games so i like that part of it at least that's and that's the thing. I thought I would at least enjoy that, and then because it has so many euro mechanics on how you're trying to figure out what the formula is and stuff and everything like that, I assumed the deduction aspect would be kind of off to the side a little bit, and that would be kind of just the end goal based on mm-hmm. everything else that I'm doing. No, you, you have to actually deduce in this game. Yeah, but you have there's different ways to go about it, and it's not necessarily quite just straight deduction like Turing machine. But yeah, it's I just yeah, no thanks. If somebody's like, hey, you want to play Alchemist? No, I'm good. No, thank you. I don't think this game's for everybody. It's super, super heavy. And it does have the but I think the deduction element is what makes it worth the heaviness of the game. I just I've been waiting like all these years. Who's coming out with a new, a lighter version of Alchemist? This is Alchemist, but a lighter game with all the same heavy deduction parts of it that somebody needs to make that. And that would be an amazing game. Yeah, I probably won't play it. Um, but that's fair, because you won't play it because it's deduction. Well, and that's the thing is, I was really excited. That's the, the, the problem with this game is, I, despite knowing that it is a deduction-style game, I was excited to play this game. Because we played it at, what, Origins, I think, mm-hmm. a couple years ago? And I was like, yes, I'm down. I would love to try this game. I've heard so many good things about how crunchy of a game it is. Like, Ark Nova is a prime example. I hate the scoring in Ark Nova. I just hate that kind of scoring. It's not for me, but I I still like the game. 
So it was one of the, like, that's a similar thing is the scoring for Alchemist deducing the thing. I may not like, but I might like everything that leads up to that point. And for me, it was just, no, I'm good. Thank you. Moving on. My number five, Alchemists. All right. My number four is an Uwe Rosenberg game, and I love his games. They're 100% my style. And and I was looking forward to playing this game. It has the polyominoes, which I really like. Oh, uh, I know this one. I yeah. thought that I would 100% like it. And that's a feast for Odin. And I've played it multiple times now at this point because I'm like, no, 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 I, I like it. I just I just need to play it another time and I'll wrap my brain around it and then I'll like it. You know, I just didn't like it that first couple of times. One, I, it's very overwhelming because there's so many choices. Yeah. But I kind of keep just building boats and I consistently can win that game by just building boats. Like I pretty much ignore everything else and just build a bunch of boats because they flip, you flip them over and they become a ton of points. And and it's just not that interesting. Why and don't you feel the need to explore different options in the game? Because I don't like them. I don't like hunting. And I don't like whale hunting. Because you have to right? roll the dice. Um, I feel like, okay, okay, I have a meatball left. What am I going to do? I could go there and that'll get me two polyominoes piece like a polyomino two two squares i could go there that'd give me two squares or i could spend two meeples and go there oh that gives me four squares it's the same thing it's just like it's the choices like it's got it's a game with like a hundred choices but they're all kind of the same it don't really matter what you do yeah i don't know i That's- feast for odin i like it it's not like necessarily my favorite game but the i like rolling dice though that's the biggest thing is i like that risk reward uh rolling dice and then you can get certain cards or whatever that allow you to add you know harpoons or spears or whatever to your whale hunting so there's different things you can do to help with the dice rolling but Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you have that one strategy you just keep doing that one strategy so like a game like great western trail for me is there's a couple ways in which i've played that i know i can score a ton of points Mm-hmm. But over the last like year, I've been trying so many random other things, you know, dabbling in a bunch of little things, you know, maybe focusing on this one thing a little bit more just to like see what else is within the game. Mm-hmm. And it's just surprising that you haven't tried that with Feast for Odin. Well, I haven't played it as many times as, we, as you played Great Western Trail. You know what True. I mean? And yeah, I'm trying to, fair. trying to get better at the game and, and I just find myself keep going to that because I just I like. I like not having, I like being able to use my pieces to fill out my grid. And that's a way that you don't have to feed your people because you've got the boat that feeds them, you know, and so then you can use your pieces to set it up. So I like to build these little engines and get them going. You know, I just, overall, I feel like it's so overwhelming, but still not that interesting, even with the polyominoes. And I love the way that the polyominoes, the way you place them and then you get these bonuses throughout the rounds. Like it's just so much of it that, that I do enjoy. But overall, I just am like, I don't know. I don't love this game. And it's super popular. And it's a lot of people's favorite Wii game. Yeah, it is for sure. That is my number four, Feast for Odin. All right. My number four is number 73 on the Board Game Geek's top 100 games of all time. And that is Race for the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I, uh, man, this is the kind of game that you would think I would kind of like that card play where cards are worth different things. I just don't care i don't know how else to describe it i've played it online i've played a physical copy and if i had to pick i'd probably just do it online because it's a little bit easier uh the barrier for entry kind of sucks because the iconography there's just so much of it Mm -hmm. 
Um, I like the action selection portion of things, and that's about it. I just don't. And maybe it's a dated game at this point. Even when it like when I first played it, I was like, eh, I mean, there's just so many other th- for the weight of the game. There's just too too many things I have to keep track of on the cards. I just people love this game, and it's like people's favorite games of all time. And I just don't. I just don't care to play it again. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with that. And I considered putting Roll for the Galaxy on my list. In fact, that was my number six. Yep. Um, for this, this bit, pretty much the same reasons. Although Roll is a little bit more modernized, I, I thought I didn't enjoy. I played it more times. I, d- I don't care for the action selection, um, because you can end up placing your dice in areas and then nobody selects that action and it feels yeah. wasteful. You know, I just overall, I just find that the the theme and the artwork really boring it's complicated you've got these different types of planets it's just it yeah i completely agree for all the same reasons i just recently played race for the galaxy in fact i played jump drive and roll for the galaxy but i had never played race and so i finally played it and i I learned it just fine so it wasn't like that i thought it was too complex to learn but it was just no it was fine Part of the reason why I think you were fine learning it is because you knew those other games or you had at least played those other games. Yeah. I recognized a lot of the iconography and that style of game I had played. So it wasn't it wasn't totally unfamiliar. But I I think it's just at this point, it's just kind of a dated game. I don't if you're getting newer into the hobby and you hear hear so much love about Race for the Galaxy, it's totally fine if you don't end up going down that route and playing the game. I don't think it's that great. I don't think you're going to miss out on anything by not experiencing it. I you what you need to do just play it on board game arena, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I would don't be know the if best you like thing. It or not. Yeah, I just I roll for the galaxy and race. I didn't want to put in the same thing, but rolls kind of very similar. That I just kind of like. Ugh, I I'd rather play other stuff. You know, somebody offered yeah. it, I'd be like, uh, let me see what else is going on. So yeah. my number four, race for the galaxy. All right, my number three is no surprise. This game, I was so looking forward to it. I bought it as soon as it came out. I love the theme. I like light games. I thought I'd like it. That's Meadow. I'm so offended that that people think that this is a good game. Like, I just don't get it at all. It is completely boring. There's no ramp up. It's just play cards, cover up other cards. Oh, now you can cover up that card. I can cover up that card. Oh, you can get this card. You can get, but you can get this way, this way, or this way. Well, it's not that interesting how you get the cards. It's not that interesting how you play the cards. Like, what's interesting about this game? I don't know. It's The artwork is gorgeous. That's artwork is pretty good, except for the otter that's on the front. No, the otter's on the the um, expansion, expansion, and that otter is super cute. It's the weasel that's on the It's a weasel? Oh, I thought, yeah, like. it's a fox. It just looks, because the way it's... Uh, picture-esque where there's kind of like a an outline it looks almost like a prototype like they printed off a picture and just slapped it on a box mm-hmm. at least for my like when i see it i'm just like what is this what is this thing yeah meadow didn't make my list because it's probably just not high enough rated yet i yeah it was i i went into that thinking i would like it too because i've played quadropolis which has a very similar mechanic of picking things with mm-hmm. with your numbered little tiles and I enjoyed that game. I owned it for a while, and I ended up getting rid of it just because it got kind of samey. Yeah. So I was I was really interested to see what Meadow did, but it just wasn't. It just did not click for me. Instead of instead of like strategically placing my my marker to select a card, I could have closed my eyes and randomly picked one, and it would have been this same thing. I thought 
There was just so many cards out there. It was totally overwhelming. Like, what am I going to do? I could take any of them, but I can't really play any of them. So what's the point? Like, I don't know. I was just, ugh. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. That was my number three. The most offensive game out there, Meadow. Offensive game. That, not the artwork. Just the fact that people like <laughs> not the it. the theme. Just the fact that everyone loves there's this not, game. There's not, there's not colonialism. I the biggest fan, and I am not. It's not because it's a colonizing game with slavery. It's because people like it. Just yeah. to clarify from last episode or two episodes yeah. ago. All right. Yes. There's nothing offensive about it except for yeah. that people like it. That's offensive. Fair enough. All right. My number three game on this list comes in at number 55, and that is Power Grid. I was so looking forward to playing this game. We played it, and I was like, I just I want to play Power Grid. It's so mathy. I love mathy games. And I played it and I was like, I was like, okay, 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 okay. And then the thing that hurt it the most for me is the very last turn. It did not matter if we, I think it was a five player game we played probably. Probably. Yeah. The, the three players after you and Adine, there was nothing we could do to either a win or B change the outcome of who was going to win. Like we had that last turn. It didn't matter if we played and maybe, yes, you can argue that you need to make better choices and you need to do these other things. But the fact that there was, and I was the only one that was playing it for the first time. And the fact that three of us, there was, there's nothing we could do. It came down to you and him and that was it. It didn't matter. But there's a lot of games that at that, at that point in your last turn, like, you know, you're not going to win. There's nothing you can do to win. Is it just because like, there was like a clear winner there. Like there was no points added up or at least like, okay, if I play, I can get a bunch of points. At least that feels good. I can do something satisfying. Is it that there was something satisfying to do at the end of the game? Yeah. Cause even then you can play, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to, maybe I'll not get second, but maybe I can knock out Dan or something like that. Maybe I can jump up a little bit. I can score some additional points, but no, it was, they were like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't care. Cause my turn doesn't matter. And the fact that you play a two hour long game in the very last turn does does not does not matter at all. But okay, Sours what if it that. was? What if it did matter and you could like influence who won the game, like, or you could way jump ahead, like that wouldn't be fun either. If I could put things together in order to you know potentially win, if I could still like put things together to do it, if we all had like that choice and that ability to do that, I think it would because you're still fighting for something. The point is, we weren't three of us weren't fighting for anything. Three of us, it did not even matter. It didn't what our last turn didn't make a single bit of difference. It didn't matter what we did, even if it was to score some additional points or anything like that. Maybe it was just the the way that the the, the game won. You know, somebody there was just a winner at the end. There wasn't any points that you added up. I mean, maybe, but that's the thing for me. When the one thing I hate in games is when your last turn does like you've played. 10 turns your very last turn literally does not matter i don't remember how many honestly it's been so long since i played it i don't actually remember how many turns we get but we we just play until somebody reaches like 18 buildings or something like that yeah yeah there's some sort of like yeah whoever has the most buildings wins yeah i nope yeah that especially and for whatever for whatever reason that game specifically hit struck me the hardest because it was that realization of just like, all right, because you think you're like you're playing it for the first time. You're like, all right, I'm probably not going to win. OK, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. At least I can be close. And then you're just like, wait, it, what do you want to do? It doesn't matter. 
Like, I don't even know if I made a move because it didn't make a difference. But it had to I, have made a difference to the other players no. if you don't build buildings. Uh, I mean, because the outcome wouldn't have changed. Available. No, but that's the thing. It didn't. It did not matter what any of us three did. It was either you or him. That's it. Like, it was up to you okay. two. You don't have to like Power Girl. That's totally fine that you don't like it. It's a very, I think at this point, it's a dated game. I don't think there's any reason why people need to go back and continue playing it if you don't already love it. So that's fine. Like, I think it's totally reasonable that you don't like the game. Not arguing with that. I'm arguing with, like, if you play a game and, like, you've got people that are winning and doing well throughout the whole game, should somebody who's way far behind be able to, like, make a move that catches them up and then wins them the game? Like, that doesn't seem fun either. If you've been setting for something up, like it depends on the situation, I guess. If you're setting yourself up to, uh, if you're setting yourself up to have a gigantic last turn, yes, sure. But it but would, you but can't it would really depend. do that in Power Grid. Like that's not. No, that's. And I know. I trust. I know. I was there. I was there when I lost. All right. I was present. <laughs> I was present for that fiasco. I, my point is, I'm not arguing with you that Power. You should like Power Grid. That's totally fine. They don't like Power Grid. I'm just right. like your reasoning is just bad. That's all. Oh, just wait until there's a game that you're just like, it makes no difference what I do. I'm going to point this uh, this moment out to you like you wouldn't believe. the f- That, you can't deny that that doesn't sour an experience when you get to the end and you're just like, it makes no difference what I do. My turn literally does not matter. It means zero compared, like, I yeah, could not, I, mean- I could walk away from this game. I could walk away from this game right now. I think now. it's because there's no points in the game. So, like, when I when we played uh, Dinner in Paris, like, I was clearly losing. Like, there was no doubt about that. Like, there was nothing I could do to catch up. Didn't matter what I did in my last turn. I was not going to win or even come in second place. But, like, I could at least, though, okay, well, if I do this, I'll get, like, five points, which is better than doing this, which is four points. You know what yeah, I mean? you're still acquiring points. In sure. Power Grid, it's like... Okay, yeah, I can build an extra building, which doesn't mean I'm in last place. But I'm, you're going first if you were in last place, or you know what I mean. So there's just like it's not as satisfying to like. Well, at least I get a couple more points out of this. At least I'm completing something where you just don't get that satisfaction in the part, right? And I think I think that is just due to like how old the game is, and those games like just don't have that satisfy satisfaction that newer games do. And I, and I think that's fair to like. To say, like, if you're a newer gamer and you're trying to catch up on all the classics, I I think you should check out Power Grid. But I don't I think there's a good chance like modern gamers aren't going to enjoy Power Grid the same way that people did when it first came out, because there's so many other ones out now that are really, really good. So it's not it's I don't think it's going to stand the test of time very much longer. I just don't think that there's going to I think the people who love Power Grid loved it back then and i don't think people who are getting into board gaming will love power grid like people did back then yeah probably not all right my number three power grid my number two is lords of Waterdeep. i think overall this game the choices are very very bland you can go here and get an orange cube or you can go here and get a black cube or you can go here and get a purple cube well i gotta do all of them because the card i have requires all of them so i guess i'll do that this is a cube pusher if there was ever a cube pusher and the reason this the game soured on me completely was because there's these cards that you could get that let you like like gave you kind of special powers or like they weren't worth very many victory points but they let you have a special ability and when i was playing the game i was trying to get those cards 
And then I was playing with my husband and he kept getting the big cards and he was consistently winning. And I was like, I thought, you know, if I got these little cards, that would give me a special power. Then I could focus on getting the big cards and that would help me win the game was those these extra powers. And it never, ever worked. Once I switched my strategy and solely went for like the biggest card I could get and then just trying to complete them. So I was literally taking a card. Okay, what are the cubes I need? Go there, get those cubes. Go there, get those cubes. Oh, I filled it. Okay, complete it and turn it and get the next biggest card I can get. And that's the whole game. It's a cube pusher. And it's very bland with very beautiful components and a welcoming theme. You know, it's simple and it's welcoming. And, and I just think that there's just so many better worker placement games. This one is just bland. Yeah, you don't like it because it's D&D themed. No, I don't even mind because the artwork is great. I mean, not the artwork, the artwork is D&D, blah. But the components are gorgeous. Like, the coins are cool. Like, the, the everything about it is gorgeous. Like, the box is even cool looking. So, the the theme is fine. I don't mind, I don't mind the theme because of the, cause it's just got such, especially when it came out, it was like probably 10 years old now. It was like one of the most beautiful games there was. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I like Lords of Waterdeep. I think mostly I like really the intrigue cards that give you like these various player interactions. Uh, I like that. I like that you can own buildings and maybe you want to go to the building and do that thing. Yeah, yep, you do kind of want to. Cool. You do kind of want to get um, those higher quests. You do want to try to complete the the bigger quests, but I also think there's some benefit to doing the smaller ones. I think if you focus mostly on the smaller ones, then you're probably not going to be as victorious or you're not going to, I don't think you'll be winning the game if you're focusing on the little ones, but, but you do have to doing some of those little ones. It's a risk reward. Like, do I do that in order to get the special power? Can I take this power and, you know, uh, exploit it as much as I possibly can in order to like gain more points? No, and you end up not being able to, there's not enough time or the cards like, okay, now I can get purple cubes really easily cards don't come up with purple cubes it just doesn't work it never it's never worked out for me and so i end up just getting the high, highest point ones and and then i can win and, and i just don't think that's interesting so most rated overrated game i think is lords of Waterdeep. Ooh. it's my number two but i think it's definitely the most overrated game i wonder if ever. we should do a most overrated game hmm. all right so uh, my number two is number 47 in the board game geek Ooh. and that is cascadia What? Yep. What? Yeah, yeah, Cascadia. Um, what? Yeah, this people. Game's amazing. Just bleep this. You just skip ahead. You don't have to listen to any of this. <laughs> My number two, Cascadia. No, it. Totally uh, wrong. It is a game. Uh, I don't know. It just everyone loves it. It won the Spiel der Jahres. I just don't think it's. It just didn't click with me. I just don't. I just don't really care for it that much. I think it, the game is fine. So yeah, that's everyone seems to love it. I just, I maybe I'm the odd man out that I'm just like, meh, whatever. It is what, what it is. What is what makes it not interesting? Do you find the choices just kind of boring? Like I could take any of them and have the same outcome. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of like I don't know. I could take whatever and just figure out what I want to do with it. I don't know. It just didn't click. Yeah, oh, it just I didn't. Love it. It's such a good game. I love it. Yeah, I don't. I am not. A, I'm not a big fan. This and I knew this one was. This is this, a ten out of ten game for me. I I knew you would be hating that effect that I put this on my list, and so high up too at number two. Uh yeah, Cascadia. It's just not a game for me. I'm good. I've played it. We reviewed it. It's fine. Whatever. The more and more like I think about it, the more I probably should have lowered my rating. I think I just 
I gave it a higher rating because people seem to like it. And I'm just like, why don't I like it? You know what? I just don't. I'm not a fan. So, yep. No, my number two, Cascadia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. My number one is an older game. So a lot of people aren't playing it anymore, but, but it has gotten a ton of praise. And that's Dominant Species. I think it's a terrible game. Absolutely terrible. I don't understand why people like it. I think, if I had to guess, it's one of those games. So it's a worker placement game. And you can go to all these different worker spots. And I think that part of it is super cool. Where you can like either choose to do this or this or this. Like these different spots on the board. That's kind of interesting. But then like you can wipe out all these pieces. So at first... I, people weren't playing it a lot, so I got the app for it, and I played it on the app, and and, and maybe the app was terrible. It, okay, the app was terrible, so maybe that's what soured my opinion. When I played it, like, I would just, I would play against the AI, and I would destroy them. Like, it would be, like, 30 points to, like, 250 points. Like, something stupid, you know, and I kept playing it again just to learn the game and learn the game. Then I played it in real life, and it was just super long incredibly bland like wasn't that interesting and i heard the game could be super mean was I didn't the game find it, no i didn't find it mean no i assume that's the reason why you didn't like it because i no. heard i heard the game could be actually quite like mean with you can destroying. go through like in glacier out certain so then you wipe people's territories out but in in the the ai did that a ton and it didn't benefit them at all like i didn't understand why you would do that and uh, maybe it was just a really, obviously it was a very poorly designed app because if I could beat them, I'm, you know, I think this game is pretty heavy and there's a lot of strategy to it and I was just learning it. So obviously it was a very poor designed AI, but even when I played it in person, I just found it nothing, I found nothing enjoyable about the game. Um, and I don't understand why it gets all this love. Uh, yeah, it's people ugly. love this game. Yeah, people really and, love this game. And and I'm not no desire to play the newer version, so I just wanted to put this on my list as a warning. Like, just because people love it doesn't mean it's good, and it's completely fine to stay <laughs> away from it. Public service announcement: Don't play. Don't I, play. Dominance. I like it because, like, you play as a a species of animals, like you play as like reptiles or birds or insects, and I think that was really cool. Like, they think there was like a little bit about evolution in there. I thought that was super cool. Uh, I don't know that there really was, but um, I, they, they each eat different animal or different types of food and they on different types of terrain. I thought there was just a lot that I would like about it and I just didn't. And I thought it was just really bad. All right. Well, I've never played it, so I don't have an opinion one way or another. And I don't think you'll ever will. I mean, Probably I not. It's not like, it. yeah, nobody's really, yeah. Those, I'm like, curious people that, that people who used to love it would play it again if they would still like it as much as they did. Oh, I can yeah. guarantee there's people in like board game, you know, rooms in people's houses that are playing it like every Saturday or something. But you think so? Oh, it's I'm sure. High up there, I doubt it. We do have one friend that I bet it's on their shelves. I, w- I should ask them if they still like it. All right, that's my number one dominant species. Don't bother. All right, my number one game is. I'm guarantee you, Natasha is gonna have something to say about it, and that is. Uh, it is number 21 on the Board Game Geek, top 100 games, top games of all time, and that is Concordia. <gasps> okay, you only played it once. But, you can play it again. See, this is what I'm talking about. Um, I knew she was gonna. I knew she was gonna chime in there. That's why I all right, paused. All right. That's what we're playing next week. 
Jeremy said he'd teach it to us again. Because I don't remember how to play it anymore. I'm bringing it and we're going to play it. Man, you're really just stealing. Like, this is my time to talk about my list, not you to chime well, in about my list, okay. madam. All right. Uh, fine. It, so I did. I did have one play on it and that play did not go very well. And it may have been part of the experience or anything like that. The only reason why I think it might not be is there was another person playing was also a new player and we both feel the exact same way. And you guys have worn me down enough for me to give it another try. There was a period of time where I was just like, nah, I'm good. Like, no, nope, I'm all right. But now you guys have like gotten on me. You're like, no, you have to give it another try. You have to give it another try. You have to give it another try. And I've been hearing that for like two or three years now that I have to give Concordia another try. So I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. And I might turn around and say, you know what? This game is really good. I might. Who knows? But right now, I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it just you will. But it's been like three or four years since I've played it. So I'm curious. Maybe my opinions changed. Maybe it is a dated game. See, that's the thing is that it's all like a spectrum of gameplay, right? So that's the thing is there's certain games that I really loved five, ten years ago. And now I'm just like, eh, not really. As like your your tastes and your likes change flow. So maybe yeah. I'll sit down and play this game and I'll like it. Maybe I'll play Cascadia in four years and be like, wow, this game's actually really good. I'm surprised I didn't like it before. You know, Cascadia is one of those games that I bet four or five years ago I would have loved. But for whatever reason, I just didn't this time around. So Really? Yeah. I already told you Cascadia. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Taste change. I'll give Concordia another try, I guess, because you guys consistently tell me I need to. So, but yeah, not a fan. My number one is Concordia. All right. Well, your feelings are valid, so I will not say that you're wrong. Wow. You have never, like the, you, (laughs) I've never had anyone tell me my feelings are valid in such a way that makes me feel like they're not valid. (laughs) (laughs) That was the nicest thing I could come up with to say. I'm trying to be nice. (laughs) Because I know that I'm in a bad mood, and so I'm trying to be nice to you. Because <laughs> it's not fair to take it out on you. Man, like, I, you know what? Thank you. You've improved, because probably about 20 minutes ago, that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm improving. My, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. As the day I'm continues I'm working on myself. On. I'm trying to Good, be a yeah. better friend. Listen, one day at a time. That's all you need to do. One day at a time. <laughs> all right. All right. That is our top five popular games. That we just don't like. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Please leave us a review and check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Send us your questions. Let us know what games you think that aren't as good as everyone says they are. Um, and email us at boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>